Coming up on Stu Does America, Blaze TV media critic Rob Eno is here with his predictions for tomorrow's presidential election. And vice presidential candidate Kamala Harris takes time to make a distinction between equity and equality and shows that he doesn't really know the definitions of either of those words. Thank you for all the people watching us on YouTube. If you didn't know, you can go to YouTube, search my name, Stu, and I'll be the first one there. Easy way to find me. Subscribe now, watch the show for free, and hit the little bell that gives you notifications when we post. And I've uploaded my final Conservanerd update. Conservanerds unite. It's a podcast. You can get it for free right now as we're getting close to the election. Uh, be sure to check it out from your favorite provider. And then leave a rating and a review for us. I mean, something simple. It's great. Whatever. Doesn't really matter. Just leave the review. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. And finally, it's your last chance to get a great deal on Blaze TV. I think it ends tomorrow. Don't miss out on 30 bucks off. BlazeTV.com slash stew. Enter the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. The 30 bucks is yours as a free hug. Of, of acceptance from Blaze TV. Tomorrow night, we will be skipping the show entirely to focus on network-wide coverage of the election results. I'll be covering the states as they're called. I get the chalkboard. I get to tell people when the states are being called. It's going to be lots of fun. It's going to be a great night of coverage. Until then, we do one last bit of levity, as I do once and for all the 2020 presidential election. Stu does America. Ah, here we are, 2020. The presidential election is right about to happen. You know, uh, I say this a lot, and I think you probably do too. If this were a normal year, dot, dot, dot. If this were a normal year, I wouldn't have stayed in my freaking house. You know, well, actually for me, I may have actually stayed in my house, but I probably wouldn't have done a lot of things if 2020 was a normal year. I mean, if it was a normal year, Sean Connery would still be alive, damn it. Damn you, 2020! If this was a normal year, I would tell you some very bad news tonight, that Donald Trump was going to lose the election tomorrow. Why would I tell you that? Well, if the polls looked like this in a normal year, I would be very, very confident that Donald Trump was going to lose. That doesn't mean it would be impossible for him to win, but it would be incredibly likely, like I would be betting money on it. However, this is not a normal year. The polls do say that Donald Trump will lose the election. And a lot of people, when I say things like that, they say, well, the polls were wrong in 2016. And that is true. The polls were wrong in certain states in 2016. Let me at least lay out the case here as to why 2020 is different from 2016, as if I didn't have to tell you that Sean Connery was alive in 2016 and he's not today. There was a big boost of momentum toward Trump in the final three weeks of 2016. Uh, do we have the uh, do we have that poll? Yeah, here we go. This is the poll. Uh, this is the graph of Trump's chances uh, from 538 in 2016. And if you can see this, and I'll explain it for the podcast listeners, there's about 10 or 12% at the beginning, about three weeks before the actual vote. It slowly increased until about two weeks before. Then it shot up pretty dramatically as they had the Comey letter and you had kind of the access Hollywood thing fading from everyone's memory a little bit peaking at about 35 or 36% a couple of days before the election and dropping to uh, 28.6%. Uh, 286 was the number at the end. Now, are we seeing that same uh, late Trump boost in 2020? Well, no. Just, I mean, this doesn't mean that 538 knows what they're talking about, but what they're doing is taking the poll information and putting it into their algorithm. And this is what they're coming up with. You're seeing a very flat line, a slight decrease from about 12% three weeks ago to about 10% 
today. Almost no movement. And that's been one of the stories of the 2020 election. It's, I mean, for all the craziness, this has been a pretty boring election cycle. You know, we have seen the polls sticking about the same with Joe Biden having a seven or eight point lead since like 2019. I mean, it's really been kind of a bore fest uh, if you don't think about the back and forth every single day. But Trump does have a legitimate chance. Now, if you look back to 2016, 538 had Trump at about a 28.6 percent chance to win. That's 286. That is the career batting average exactly of Ryan Sandberg. Now, if you know anything about baseball, you know who Ryan Sandberg is. Trump winning has the same chance of Ryan Sandberg getting a hit. He got lots of hits. He's in the Hall of Fame. Okay, so he he got hits. And so it was not completely shocking. Uh, I think, you know, there was a chance, uh, you know, close to 30 percent chance. This year, 538 is saying that, you know, it's more like the chance of a pitcher getting a hit about a 100 batting average instead of 286. Back in 2016, I said on the air, I thought Trump had a 35 to 40 percent chance of winning. That's like Tony Gwynn 1997 when he hit 372, one of the greatest hitters of all time. This year, I feel like we're more like at the Mendoza line. Mario Mendoza. He was hitting right around 200 when his teammates started calling it the Mendoza line. Whether you stay in the majors or you fall out of the majors, about a 20 percent chance of winning. So to be clear here, I think Trump has a smaller chance in 2020 than he did in 2016. I will be less surprised, though, of course, if Donald Trump wins. Why? Because he's trained me. He's trained me to realize that there's a good possibility that Donald Trump can pull off some sort of magic trick. And that's the sort of two ways to look at this. Two ways that the polling industry could be wrong here. Number one, they just have no idea how to deal with Donald Trump. And I think a lot of Trump supporters would, would highlight this as a real possibility. They're not seeing the Trump supporters. They're not seeing the, the hidden Trump supporters. They're not polling the right people. The people who they are trying to poll are hanging up in their faces because they hate the media. This whole thing kind of surrounds Donald Trump as a unique character in politics, right? We've never seen anybody like Donald Trump before. Last time they tried to poll him, they got it totally wrong. The theory is this time they'll get it wrong because Donald Trump is different. And he is different. Will pollsters be able to harness this electorate and try to figure out what the hell is going on? Well, I think there's a chance that maybe Donald Trump is just a unique guy who breaks the polls by himself. On the other side of that, there's a a possibility, and I, I, I tend to think this one is a higher possibility, that there's something that we don't know yet involved in the coronavirus situation that is screwing up pollsters. Remember, pollsters are like us, right? They're regular people. Uh, they're, ner- they're, I mean, they're, they're as nerdy as this audience, okay? Pollsters like data. They're calling people. They, they have these, you know, they have all these systems to try to figure out what the electorate looks like. But just like us, they've never gone through a freaking pandemic year before. They don't know how this is going to affect people. They don't know if it's going to be easier or harder to get, to get in touch with certain groups of people. You know, like back in 2016, they kind of chalked up their mistakes to we did not put enough They basically looked at, we've got this many white people. And as long as we have this many white people, we know we have enough white people to to represent uh, the United States. They didn't break that down into college-educated white people and non-college-educated white people. And in retrospect, what they found out is those two groups vote very differently. I mean, Trump, I think, won uh, college-educated white people by a small margin and non-college-educated white people by a very large margin. Um, This time... There's still a big gap between those two groups, but we've seen a slight decrease 
in the amount of non-college educated whites that he's been winning in these polls. So his big lead is a little bit smaller. And then among uh, college-educated whites, he's gone from a small lead to a decent deficit to Biden. Biden is actually winning that group right now in polls. Is that true? I, you know, who the hell knows? We're going to know tomorrow or at least six months from tomorrow when the votes finally get counted in Pennsylvania. (laughs) It's probably when we're actually going to know. So I want to come back after the break and we'll go through uh, the, the map one more time here and try to force ourselves to put toss-up states into categories and see what we come up with with a final-ish sort of uh, electoral count for 2020. We don't know. We've got no magic tricks here. We're just looking at the data. We're trying to, 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 to distill it into something that's understandable. And I know this. Uh, you know, I've been doing this for a very long time here at The Blaze with Glenn and on the radio. And, you know, I, we get paid here to look at the data and to give you the best perspective that we, we can pull out of it. I don't know if it's going to be right. I, in this particular case, I don't know that I really want it to be right. I actually would rather be wrong in this particular case. But we'll give you the details coming up in just a second. I want to tell you about Black Rifle Coffee Company. They've donated 45,000 pounds of coffee to soldiers deployed overseas, law enforcement officers, firefighters on the West Coast, and medical workers on the front lines in 2020 alone. You know why they did that? Because they're awesome. For every coffee purchase that you make throughout the month of November, Black Rifle Coffee will send a bag of their limited edition holiday roast to a service member currently deployed overseas to be delivered by Christmas morning. Uh, Now, they're founded by veterans. This company is founded, run by veterans. Uh, They know at Black Rifle Coffee what a quality cup of coffee means to active duty troops spending the holidays away from their families. Uh, You buy a bag here. You give a bag. It's a great program. And here's the thing. We all want to be charitable, right? I want to be charitable. You want to be charitable. But uh, here, this is a little bit better than that because you get something awesome out of it, too. Black Rifle Coffee isn't just some, some coffee. It's the coffee. BlackRifleCoffee.com slash stew. Uh, go there. You can get uh, 20% off your uh, order. You can get enrolled in the Black Rifle Coffee Club like I am and as we are here at The Blaze. 20% off your first month of the uh, Black Rifle Coffee Club. Go to blackriflecoffee.com slash stew. Blackriflecoffee.com slash stew. And use the, uh, part, the slash stew part of the address. That's important because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Blackriflecoffee.com slash stew. Okay, here we go. Final electoral board here for Stu Does America. There could be a couple changes if there's some overnight polling uh, on radio tomorrow, but this is where we are right now. This is our board. Um, I am, let's say, 100% confident of every single thing on this board right now, which means 118 solid, like states like California, we know are going to go for the Democrats. They have 94 for Biden that are likely in this column. Illinois, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Maine, uh, Maine Congressional District 1, Oregon, New Mexico, Washington, Virginia, New Jersey, and Colorado. Colorado is sometimes a swing state. It's not really one right now. That's going to, I'm sure that, 100% sure. Over here, we've got uh, 63 in the solid category, 40 in the likely, which includes Utah, Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, Indiana, uh, and Alaska. Alaska would be the one I'd have the most doubt about just because it's so hard to poll. There's like four people who live there and they all live underneath ice. So it's very difficult to get the polling on that. But we're going to go through the polling here right now. Let's start it off right here. As we go, the most important thing is, of course, toss up zero. We are putting nothing in the middle, nothing in the toss up column. We're making calls. Why? Because 
it's the day before the friggin' election. Well, what's the point of putting something in a toss-up column now? You, you just got to throw something out there. You got you to do your best. Some of these are really close, but we're going to do our best to put them in columns. Starting off here with the first two uh, congressional districts, it's uh, Maine Congressional District 2 and Nebraska Congressional District 2. They break up their uh, electoral votes. We're going to have them going over to Joe Biden, though. That's just two electoral votes. Over to the Republicans. They get three. We're calling the state. Uh, three for Montana going to the uh, Republicans. Not a huge surprise. New Hampshire over to the Democrats. Really close in 2016. Not as close in 2020 for electoral votes for Joe Biden. Missouri is next. We give Missouri to the Republicans. Ten electoral votes over there. Uh, yeah, he, Republicans, that's turned into a much more positive state for Republicans over the past couple cycles. Nevada, close state in 2016. This time it goes to Joe Biden. Six electoral votes there. Over to Jolton Joe, uh, Robinette, Biden Jr. Uh, South Carolina, uh, competitive uh, Senate race potentially there. There's been some doubt, and maybe in a Biden's you know wave type of election, South Carolina could be in doubt. I don't think it's going to happen here. I think Donald Trump holds it, gets nine electoral votes. Minnesota, very close in 2016. I don't think it's going to be as close in 2020. Joe Biden holds Minnesota with 10 electoral votes. Iowa went really back and forth a lot on this one. Really went back and forth a lot. I kind of thought this might be one of those states that goes to Joe Biden. The last poll was very positive uh, from Selzer and company of Iowa, their premier pollster. We're just going to believe the data on this one and give this to Donald Trump. Six electoral votes go to Iowa. He won that state by nine points, I think it was, back in 2016. Wisconsin, very close race in 2016 as well. Slight win for Donald Trump. Probably the biggest surprise I had of the entire election was him winning Wisconsin. This time, I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately, for him uh, and you know, maybe for America. Uh, Ten electoral votes over to Joe Biden. All right. The state I am standing in right now. Been a toss up state. It's not supposed to be over here. It's not supposed to be in the toss up area. This is freaking Texas we're talking about. Well, you know what? A lot of people are calling it purple. Some people are trying to call it blue. I just don't believe it. At the end of the day, I don't believe it. I think 38 electoral votes going over to Donald Trump, and he will win Texas, according to, well, me. Uh, next up, uh, Michigan, another state Donald Trump won. I just don't know if this Rust Belt is going to happen this time. A lot of people say to me, hey, uh, you know, I, everybody I know it, was like maybe doubtful of Donald Trump back in the day. And now they're thinking to themselves, well, you know what? I, uh, I'm, I'm, coming, I'm, coming, I'm coming on board in 2020. And there are a lot of people who are doing that. But you have to remember the way Donald Trump won those states was because Democrats crossed the aisle. And Democrats who crossed the aisle for Donald Trump last time are kind of shading back towards Biden and going back to their roots this time. At least that's what the polling is showing. Another thing the polling is showing is these uh, double haters, people who hated uh, Clinton and hated uh, uh, Trump, didn't like either of them. Those people overwhelmingly went to Donald Trump in 2016. What we're seeing in polling now are the people that don't like Biden and don't like Trump. They're going to Biden. And I do think that's what's going to be one of the differences here in Michigan. Going to Joe Biden, 16 electoral votes for Joe Biden. Up next, Georgia. Now, Georgia is another one. That's not a swing state, is it? Is Georgia really a swing state? You know, I didn't believe in Stacey Abrams winning that election. Uh, I, I still think of Georgia as a red state. Some of the, the, the early voting numbers aren't super encouraging. The polling's been razor, razor close. But I'm going to go with Donald Trump winning Georgia and holding it with 16 electoral votes. All right. We're getting down to it now. We're getting down to it. In fact, we're talking about 
probably the, the biggest state of all in this election. Uh, 20 electoral votes for the state that holds America's team from the National Football League, the first place Philadelphia Eagles. I'm talking about Pennsylvania. I think whoever wins Pennsylvania, I mean, if Donald Trump wins Pennsylvania, he's got a great chance of winning this election. Unfortunately, I've looked at this for a long time. It's possible. I don't want to say it's not possible. It's possible. His, the polling shows him down by slightly under five points. We've seen polling errors in this region before. We've seen them by more than four points. So it's possible. But I think the data points to Donald Trump losing Pennsylvania and the 20 electoral votes there, which puts him in a, a lot of trouble. Um, up next, though, Ohio. Ohio is actually tied exactly in the polling air, uh, average right now. This used to be the biggest swing state of them all. Back in, what was it, uh, 2004, John Kerry Donald, uh, and, uh, and George W. Bush went at it. Very close election. The whole election basically held on who won Ohio. I think, I think Donald Trump will hold Ohio. And 18 more electoral votes for Donald Trump. This is one of the toughest ones I had to come up with. And I went back and forth on this multiple times. If I was a little bit more of a weasel, I'd just leave this in the, in the toss-up column. I mean, I, we're at the point in the show where I'm basically guessing, okay? I'm being honest with you. This is, these are like raised, I don't know which way these are going to go. They could go either way depending on what happens at the last minute. Uh, this state is North Carolina. Now, North Carolina went to Barack Obama. It also went to uh, Donald Trump. This time, I think it goes back to the Democrats in the closest potential election, uh, election of all of them. I think this might be the smallest margin of any uh, uh, election. North Carolina, 15 electoral votes go to Joe Biden. Florida, we remember 2000. But you know what? Here's the thing with Florida. A lot of people are telling you that uh, Joe Biden is leading in the polls there by just a couple of points. Very, very close. What I will say about Florida is there's something about Florida. They just like Donald Trump. There's something about Florida that makes that makes I don't know something about Donald Trump that makes uh, Florida happen. You know, I don't know if it's a bunch of New Yorkers who are used to people like Donald Trump. It's a familiar thing. He's done a good job. I think DeSantis has done a good job as governor. They've had a good run with Republicans here. I'm going to go ahead and give Donald Trump. Florida, 29 electoral votes in one of its biggest prizes in the entire election, I think. Um, and is this uh, is our last one? OK, our last state, our last state. Again, we are at the point where we're at 50, 51, 49 type elections like I at least last three or four states I could have gone either way with. I don't think it would change the outcome per se, but I could go either way with these. Next up is Arizona. Arizona has been the leaning red state for a while. But the demographics are changing. There's a competitive election there where they don't seem to really like the Republican candidate, McSally, all that much. I'm going to give these 11 electoral votes to Joe Biden. Uh, And that's our final state to call. So I will give you kind of a breakdown here. We have the leaning Democrat electoral votes at 94. 94 electoral votes there. And leaning Republicans... Got a bunch of leading Republicans. Got a lot of electoral votes putting them on the board. 129. Kind of have to pull those over. They're going to run all over each other. Our numbers are a little bit too big. I hope you can can deal with that. 129 Republicans. So that gives us uh, a final total here. As you know, you need 270 electoral votes to win. Joe Biden, 306. Electoral votes and our final count. Donald Trump falls a little bit short here with 200. 
and 32. This is about the difference between Clinton and Trump last time of within a few electoral votes. It's, it, you know, that number, you know, 306 to 232 feels like a little bit of a blowout. I don't think that's what that means. But it does mean that the, a lot these swing states kind of go back and forth. I think, you know, in the South, Trump holds these swing states. I think in the West, it goes and the and the uh, and the Rust Belt go to Biden largely. And that's going to be the difference in this election. Now, if you want to look at how close this is, you pull over Arizona, North Carolina and Pennsylvania, just these bottom three states. You slide them over here. Donald Trump is the next president. So I mean, it is that close. It's not this is not a blowout. It's a few states, kind of like how it was in 2016. This can happen. I don't think the data is supporting, though, that it's the most likely thing. Uh, we are going to find out tomorrow. Here's what we can look for. Three states early on. Uh, North Carolina, uh, Florida. <sighs> let's, let's talk about North Carolina and Florida, because like, so, like Pennsylvania is going to be a, a very close state. Uh, North Carolina, I'll throw in as the third one. Dates that, states that actually have out of their state early. That'll give us a sense of the election. So there we go. Final score, 306 for, uh, for Joe Biden, 232 for Donald Trump. I hope to God I'm wrong. The rest of the show is filled with optimism. Don't miss it. Now, stop paying for uh, car insurance and a homeowner's insurance, at least not more than you, than you should be. See about getting a lower rate for the exact same coverage you already have, thanks to Gabby Insurance. Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples-to-apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers. All you got to do is link your insurance account, insurance account in just minutes. You'll be able to see the quotes for the exact same coverage you already have. I've gone through this process. It's very easy. And it's not like, okay, well, these are kind of similar insurances, and then they can screw you over on certain details. It's the exact same stuff, the exact same coverage for less money. Why wouldn't you do that? Take a few minutes right now and stop overpaying on your car and home insurance. Go to Gabby.com slash stew, G-A-B-I dot com slash stew. Be sure to use the slash stew part of the address because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Gabby.com slash stew, G-A-B-I dot com slash stew. So I sincerely apologize for depressing the hell out of you in that last segment. I guess it's kind of my job, though. But here to brighten your day with some hope and optimism, Blaze TV media critic, Blaze merchandise wrangler extraordinaire, Rob Eno. Rob, thanks for coming on the program. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, I like that you're more positive than me. I like I'm looking for go big or go home. <laughs> I'm looking for rays of sunshine here. OK, um, can we look take a look at your map? I want to go over yeah. this uh, piece by piece if we could. Rob has posted his map on Twitter um, and uh, here it is. Uh, so let's start on the on the west side. You have both uh, Nevada and Arizona going to Trump. Uh, you know, Nevada is is I mean, he didn't even win that in 2016. Why do you think he's going to win that this time? I, I, I really think, you know, I grew up in Massachusetts. I've said a bunch of times on the thing, but. In New Hampshire, the people that leave Massachusetts happen to be the conservatives. And I think that the people that leave California and go to somewhere else that doesn't have income taxes, right. like Nevada, is Nevada. So I think that there's a little bit of that. I think the polls are much closer in 2016 than they were, or in 2020 than they were in 2016 mm-hmm. for Nevada. I just, I, I have a feeling, you're going to hear the word gut a lot from me, right? <laughs> right, right, okay, right. Okay. It's okay. a gut thing. I think that if Donald Trump wins this, he is going to win it because 
everybody's wrong and it's just going to keep cascading towards him right. in a bunch of these Systemic states. polling error in yeah. a lot of these states. One of the things that's interesting about Nevada in, in particular is I, that was one of the, I didn't really consider that, honestly, as a, as a going red. Uh, but when I thought about it, one of the things that's, uh, that's, that's special about Nevada is the giant population center in Las Vegas, which has been most affected probably than almost Naturally. any other place Absolutely. when it comes to shutdown policy, right? You could see people who are normally Democrats being like, look, I got to have a job. I got to go to work. They're shutting down all these casinos, shutting down everything. I, I got to go the other way this time. I, th- I think you're right. And I think what you're, what you're seeing, I think that that's been getting through, right? Because you saw Joe Biden tweet this weekend. I will not lock America <laughs> down. I will. He didn't tweet that. I mean, somebody else tweeted right, it for no. him because, you know, he's, he's on video like he's on video saying that he wants to end fracking, saying that he is going to be the shutdown president. You know, they, right. there's always a video. Show me the video. OK, we will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. He, he always say he, he I like he is that uh, he has that way of, of being able to cover himself, though, because the, the media never forces him into that moment. The media never says, OK, look, they showed the you said show the video. They showed the video. Here it is. How do you answer for this? He, he never has to do that work. No, he never has to say so. No. Because he's their <laughs> candidate. That's what being a Democrat is, never having to say, say you're sorry. sorry. All right, let's go to uh, go back to the map here. Uh, in Texas, I think, is an interesting one. Look, people want to say that Texas is turning blue. I've never believed it was going to happen. I never thought Beto was going to win Ted, Ted Cruz. There is a decent amount of polling, as opposed to 2016, where there was a couple here and there that showed Hillary close. There are polls now showing Joe Biden actually winning Texas. And Any a, belief from you on and that? And there's a lot of polls showing that that Donald Trump is, you you know, Texas is interesting. If you look at the 2016 election and you look at where the movement was Mm -hmm. um, party-wise from 2012, you'll see that Texas is one of a handful of states that actually moved further blue. I mean, Utah did because they hated Donald Trump because they hated Donald Trump personally and viscerally. And there's some of that in Texas too. Yeah, Yeah. and I think, but in Texas, I think it's more of a demographic thing. I think unlike Mm -hmm. Nevada, which is closer, I think you're seeing a lot of, you know, middle class lefty type people leaving California, going to Austin because Austin's like the Boston of yeah. of Texas. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like, you know, it's funny. All my Massachusetts friends that move to Texas, like want the freedom, want the liberty, but they kind of want the same services that they had in the communist Massachusetts. Right. right so yeah. they moved to Austin yeah, there you go. Right? or the Austin area. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, let me go to the swingiest. You don't, so you don't buy the Texas thing at all? You think it's going to be close? I, I don't buy the Texas thing this year. Well, give me an over-under. 2.6 points was the margin with Cruz and Beto. Is it bigger or smaller than 2.6? Bigger. bigger. Bigger margin. I, I think it's I bigger think you're margin. Right. I think you're I think, right. Yeah. Not by, not by, it's not going to be 10. No, it's like going to be it like 4 or yeah, 5, yeah, okay. but it's still going to be. Okay, let's go to, I consider Florida to be the swingiest of swing states. Um, you know, obviously going back to 2000. But this one I really go back and forth on. I think Trump shows up well in Florida. You have Trump winning Florida and Georgia. Why? I'll tell you why. So there, there's a guy, it's um, Joe is done dot some IO is I think the name of the site. <laughs> okay. It, it's just a weird site. But yeah. what he does is this guy's a data nerd, right? Mm-hmm. He goes into the data. And in Florida, you, you see that the Democrats have gotten their solid voters. In, in, in politics, there's your one voter, two voter, three voter, four voter. Mm-hmm. It's out of four of the past four elections that somebody voted, right? One right. out of four, two out of four, sure, out of four okay. out of four. Mm-hmm. The Democrats have gotten their four out of fours and three out of fours out to vote in early voting. Mm-hmm. The data show, because you can see it in Florida, they, they give this data. The data show that the one and two out of fours are who the Republicans have focused on getting out in early voting, Mm. which means those three out of four and four out of fours are still coming. Plus, there's the whole, you know, Cuban and Venezuelan type 
dynamic where these people fled socialism mm -hmm. and they see exactly what's happening. You know, you don't get 10, what is it? I, I love the juxtaposition like four weeks ago. You know, the Biden campaign in the media was like, oh, there's 300 people in the villages in their golf carts driving around. In the meantime, they don't show you the 35 to 45,000 Cubans in their cars in Miami-Dade. Sure. Oh, yeah. they're, they're scared about Miami-Dade this year. Miami-Dade always goes Democratic. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that, if you see Miami-Dade go Republican because of the Cuban-American community, I think you're going to see Florida would be able to be called you know, early in the day, I think, if you were to see that. So and that's, that's something be, I'll be watching for. It's going to be the morning. earliest uh, indicators that night yeah. because Florida has actually really good data and they turn it out early. So you'll be able to see what's going on in Florida. If you see a giant win for Joe Biden, it's over. Right, right? absolutely. Over. If, if Joe Biden yeah. wins Florida by like eight points, it's over. It's over. I mean, he, yeah, I mean, if he wins it at all, it's going to be really hard for Trump. But if he wins it by any margin, uh, it, it's it's over. Um, on the other hand, if Trump wins that or wins it in a decent by a decent margin, we're in for we're in for a battle here. I, I um, think you are, and it's I think that that Iowa poll that came out, the Des Moines Register poll, that's the gold standard of Iowa has been every year, showed late breakers towards Donald Trump, and I think that that's a canary in the coal mine, mm -hmm. and I think that that's why the Biden campaign. I mean, Joe Biden was supposed to stay in his house for nine days. Mm -hmm. Like they literally said, we're, you know, it's COVID. There's something going on. We're afraid Joe might get sick. Call we're going to like call a lid. <laughs> we're going to have him in his house. Yeah. They went to Pennsylvania three times. They went mm -hmm. to, to Minnesota. Joe Biden went to Minnesota today, yeah. which is kind of good because, you know, he didn't want to have the, the Hillary. You'd even go to Wisconsin type thing. I think yep. it was the same type of thing. Yeah. But if they didn't think they were in trouble in Minnesota, he wouldn't have gone to Minnesota today. He would have come to Texas, yeah. which is what his people wanted him to do a week and a half ago. Okay, you brought up Minnesota. Let's go to that region, okay? You've got uh, you've got a sweep here, basically, for Trump. Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan all going to Trump. I remember in 2016, I was not a believer that Trump could pull off uh, any of those states. He almost won Minnesota, too. People forget right. that. Um, you're going you're gonna to give him all three this time. I Is am. It, I, I, called, I called Minnesota and Michigan last time. Hmm for Trump in 2016 um, in a map that I didn't tweet out because I thought it was a little crazy. <laughs> yeah. I figured I'd go full into <laughs> yeah. it this time, right? Yeah. But it's sitting on the wall in. in our Greenville, South Carolina office with the date with the date stamp. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I called those two states. And I think Minnesota was the only state I got wrong in the entire election. Mm. I, I had called that Trump was going to win because I had seen this same groundswell. And that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a groundswell of people. You don't get 58,000 people showing up to a rally yeah. in rural Butler County, Pennsylvania, if you're losing. I mean, you do, you've done this a while. You go back to, on a yeah. bunch of these elections. One of the things I thought was really interesting about this entire cycle is how usually what the data and your feeling are pretty close, right? The, like in, in 2008, Barack Obama felt like he was blowing out John right. McCain, and the data showed that as well. It's the opposite here, right? Like B Biden is ahead in these polls, but the, the feeling is, at least to me, that Trump is, has all the enthusiasm, all the passion. And I think that Trump supporters are trollers at this point. You saw it with the trucks in Texas. You saw mm -hmm. it with everything. I, I really believe, and yes, it's without evidence, CNN and, and all the <laughs> other places. That's all right. But I really think that Trump voters aren't the shy Trump voters that they're not catching. I think Trump voters are purposely lying to pollsters to throw them off because <laughs> what is the they want benefit of that. Though? Why would you why do be, that? Because you want to show how corrupt the media is. Mm -hmm. And in your mind, I mean, I would do it right. The pollster calls me. <laughs> the first thing they ask is, are you a member of the media? No, 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 I'm not. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. No. Um, what well, you know, would you vote? How would you vote? Joe Biden. Like, what are your demographics? Uh, 47 year old, super arch conservative dude. 
Like, like I would tell them all the other stuff, but I would tell them that I'm. And the reason I would do it is I so hate the media. Right. That I, I want them to, to be see wrong. Them fail, right? I mean, I mean I it's think really they did not some that. of that. I mean, we'll see. I mean, if if Donald Trump wins, like. I think he's going to win. That's going to be part of it. I will say, however, I don't think the media is being corrupt if everyone's lying to them. I mean, it's not their fault. Well, I know, but they want to set the narrative. <laughs> right, okay. You get what I'm saying? Yes, they no, want to set true, the narrative. Um, okay, so let's go to the let's go to the, the biggest prizes here. Because I mean, even with all this stuff that you've you've given Trump, you also gave him Ohio and Iowa, which were I mean, Ohio is shown as maybe the closest state again, which we used to saw, see that back in the John Kerry versus uh, George yeah. W. Bush days. Um, but the big prize here. Um, is Pennsylvania. And then I want to go to a couple of your, uh, your maybe further out there picks. But Pennsylvania, the biggest swing state, that goes to, to Trump. If Trump wins that, I mean, they, uh, you know, they, they have all these simulators online. Yeah. If Trump wins just Pennsylvania, he goes from like, he goes up to like a 60-something percent chance of winning the entire election. Right, exactly. It's that big of a deal. That, that is the linchpin. He can win without yeah. Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. If, he, if he sweeps the upper Midwest like I think he's going to do, yeah. he can win without Pennsylvania. But I think, yeah, P- Pennsylvania... It, Joe Biden went there, what, four to six events or something this mm-hmm. weekend that, that he wasn't going to do. Mm-hmm. They brought Obama yep. off the bench to go to Pennsylvania with him. I mean, there's there's a reason that they're doing that because they know they're losing. And the, and the thing is, Pennsylvania, it's hard to vote early. It's not like here in Texas where yeah. it was super easy to vote early. Mm-hmm. It's hard to vote early in, in Pennsylvania. Less than, I think, right around 40 percent to 42 percent of the election electorate is in. Right. In Pennsylvania, it's so you got late breakers of 2016 yeah, in, in Texas. Texas. Yeah. So you got late breakers. Mm-hmm. Those those late breakers seem to be going to Trump, and I think that that's what's got the Biden campaign. Look, all weekend we saw the Biden campaign whine because Facebook wasn't running their ads that they knew they had to get in ahead of time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We saw them whining about what's going on in Florida. Oh my God, you got to get Florida, you got to get Florida. We saw Nate Silver go. You know, if this Pennsylvania thing happens, then Donald Trump's probably going to win the election. Mm -hmm. You saw them all covering their butts this weekend. And you saw Biden, like staffers, start throwing each other on the bus. A little bit of that all weekend. Winning campaigns don't do that. No, I I just can't tell if they're just freaked out from 2016 that it's going to happen all over again. Or if this is really what they think is going to happen. I think their data shows, I think their data shows, like in Florida, Mm -hmm. um, with the four out of fours versus the one out of two. I think that their data shows that Biden doesn't have this insurmountable lead. Maybe they still think he's winning, Mm -hmm. but it's not this insurmountable lead that the media would make you believe. Okay, let me give you the last two, because you're from this region. You have Maine and New Hampshire. Those are a little stretch. (laughs) Okay, it's a stretch goal. So so, so, I'll tell you why New Hampshire. Yeah. That was close in 2016. It was stolen in 2016. The law said that you could register on election day Mm -hmm. in New Hampshire. It was so close that the fraud gave it to it was really tight. In, in, in the entire margin was in Durham, New Hampshire, which is where the University of New Hampshire is. There, there was, and people say fraud doesn't exist. No, there are people that have actually been convicted of what they tried to do in mm-hmm. New Hampshire. And if you find one or two of them, there's more than one or two of them. Right, doing, not everyone right? gets caught. I mean, it was mm-hmm. that, the, the Trump election was that close. And I think Maine, I, I'm going to tell you what, the, these COVID restrictions that are starting to get put back in mm-hmm. across the country. Maine had some of the strictest because of their Democratic governor, because Paul LePage lost. Mm-hmm. I think that, that you're going to see that these new COVID restrictions actually push people towards Donald Trump mm. and not Joe Biden. I think that when this COVID stuff goes up, people are starting to get it. And I think they're starting to see that places like Europe 
which had the strictest lockdowns, are shooting past us. It's funny how CNN and MSNBC are, are, are showing that, right? Yeah. I've seen all kinds of stuff on their network That's amazing. about, yeah. about the European Union. <laughs> because Trump is the singularly worst right. and government in the entire world. Yep. And now, even though the data shows different, Europe is clearly worse now. And they just stopped. They were the they were the shining light for for all this. Joe Biden's Mm. the doctor that was advising the Joe Biden campaign said we should be more like France in September. Mm. Two weeks afterwards, France shot past the United States like a (laughs) rocket. Unbelievable. Rob, uh, this is great stuff. Uh, You can follow Rob. uh, What's the best place to find you on Twitter? At Robino. At Robino on Twitter. And I got my bottle. What do you got there? I got my bottle of Trump champagne. <laughs> I have pre-bought my bottle. So in 60 days, when we know the results of the election, right. <laughs> I will pop this after the riots, after the martial law. I will still hopefully it hasn't been stolen from me. Right. Well, look, if you're popping it, feel free to come back on the program and, and we'll have a glass here. Uh, Robbie, you know, Blaze TV's own media critic. Uh, I feel slightly encouraged and I hope the audience doesn't. Uh, I mean, look, I like your version better than mine, Rob. I'll tell you that much. Uh, all right, Rob, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. On. All right. Back in a second. We started the show with a little of my customary doom and a little of my customary gloom. And then we brightened your day a little bit with Rob Eno's projections. Uh, Let's go through a bunch of other smart people kind of on the conservative uh, side looking at this and seeing a uh, maybe more positive outcome than I did for Donald Trump tomorrow night. Uh, Blaze alum, national radio host Buck Sexton says he's calling my shot now. Trump wins, but it's close. He takes the big three of Ohio, Florida and Pennsylvania. Biden takes uh, Michigan. Minnesota and Wisconsin. Democrats refuse to concede PA election night and drag it out. Do we have a, a, some summary of what this looks like if he has it on the map? This is what it looks like, uh, at least approximately from Buck. Uh, this is 279 for Trump, 259 for Biden. A, a slim margin, but he holds it off. Eric Bowling, also Blaze alum. Uh, he's got uh, Trump 275, Biden 263. And that's with a Michigan win for Donald Trump in a big way and losing Pennsylvania. It's an interesting map. Uh, Sean Spicer, uh, he has it at Trump 280, Biden 258. Again, that's a Pennsylvania win as well as Ohio and Florida, along with North Carolina for uh, Sean Spicer there. Uh, Tim Young, who has been on uh, News and White Matters a bunch of times. Good dude. He's got it at uh, Trump 318, Biden 214. Um, I don't know what's happening in Nevada there. An exact tie, I guess. I don't know if that one just wasn't filled in. But 318 to 214 from Tim Young. So Rob Amari uh, from the New York Post, among other places, has it at 290 for Trump and 248 for Biden. Uh, 290, uh, that includes a win in Wisconsin and Michigan, uh, as well as Pennsylvania. So uh, that's a, it's a nice map for Donald Trump there. We have a couple here that are just like hellscapes. Justin Haskins has a map out, uh, 269 to 269. This just can't, no, no. I refuse 2020 to do this. You cannot do it to us. No 269 to 269. Don't do it. Now, the next one is Keith Malinak, who is a Falcons fan. So, of course, he sees it as the worst possible outcome, 269 to 269. And he just, you know, he's looking at this and he's thinking, it's 28 to 3 in the third quarter, and this is still going to come out this way, isn't it? I mean, look, it's 2020. A tie would be the perfect exclamation point on this stupid year. Please don't let it happen. Please, no. Please, no. Something you might want a little bit more than that is Chad Prather's final project projection. We'll put it on the map here for you now. Final projection from Chad. Trump 538. 
Biden zero. So he's uh, looking at Trump's defense there. You got to shut out Biden completely. I mean, look, would it be? Could it, could, it, could it happen? Well, no. Uh, and Chad doesn't think that either. But 538 to zero. Uh, we'll, we'll go with that and see how close Chad can come. Hopefully closer than we can all imagine. All right, we're back in a second. Tell you about a new book. It's called Not Free America. Well, in the middle of this election cycle, you might be looking for a, a new read, something to maybe give you some solutions about what we're facing. It's written by Mike Donovan. He has uh, been fighting tyranny for years as the founder of one of the nation's largest pro bono civil rights law firms. Uh, our, our Bill of Rights has been under attack for a long time. You know that before COVID-19, before George Floyd, before any of the stuff going on in 2020. This has been a long term thing. If you are one of the people out there who, you know, just refuse to surrender your liberty, uh, you want to read this book. Not Free America solves the issue of citizens being used by the government. But it's more than just a book. It's an idea. It's it's an idea for a solution here. NotFreeAmerica.com. You can take their Liberty Pledge and order your copy today to find out how to stop the overreaching abuse of our government and what actions you can do to to make it better. Uh, Go ahead. Check it out. NotFreeAmerica.com. Order one today. NotFreeAmerica.com. Look, if you think you have the lead and it's the night before the election, you just don't want to shake things up. You want to go right to the middle, things that everyone can agree on. You don't want to shake things up with like a giant message of communism one day before an election, right? Oh, well, here's Kamala Harris. So there's a big difference between equality and equity. Okay. Equality suggests, oh, everyone should get the same amount. Okay, The problem with that, not everybody's starting out from the same place. Okay. So if we're all getting the same amount, but you started out back there and I started out over here, we can get the same amount, but you're still going to be that far back behind me. Wait a minute. This is... It's about giving people the resources and the support they need so that everyone can be on equal footing and then compete on equal footing. Hmm. Equitable treatment means we all end up at the same place. Oh, okay. We all end up at the... Okay. Uh, that's just... the. That's just Mark's. What do you mean we all end up at the same place? That's not what happens. People are different. You give people the tool. I mean, this is that's an incredible closing message from Kamala Harris. I mean, can their campaign actually have approved that? I, I mean, maybe it's just outreach to the left, but that is that's a shocking thing. By the way, this is probably the, hopefully the last time I ever get to sell this to you. The Kamala Namala T-shirt. If you think Kamala sucks and you're thinking Kamala, Namala. You can get one now. Kamala Namala. Uh, it's up at uh, stewdoesmerch.com, as well as many other uh, exciting items like, you know, senility now from Joe Biden. We got all kinds of good stuff up there. Um, let me also hit you up for tomorrow. Uh, BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Promo code is Stu. You got a Chad Prather pre-show, which uh, you might notice um, Lisa Page made me do it on Instagram. My wife, uh, she's going to be on that show as well, uh, chiming in on the election. That should be fun. And then uh, after that, you got the election coverage. And I'm going to be sitting up here all night. Probably, uh, you know, I'm eating a lot of food. That's what I do. Maybe a couple drinks here and there and calling states for you. Uh, Hopefully still standing up. It's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be different than any other coverage you're going to find on any of the other networks. Uh, But we'll still get you all the information you need. It's blazetv.com slash stew. Promo code is stew. You save 30 bucks on your subscription. Elections tomorrow. Go out and vote.